0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to have our second male guest on the show today. Andrew Peterson. He's the owner of the Red Wing Bike Shop. He's a retail small business owner, husband, girl dad, and lives in Red Wing, Minnesota. And I'm I'm glad to have you here. Welcome.
1: Hi, Candice. Great. Thanks for having me.
0: That's a lot of hats and titles. Did I miss any?
1: No, I don't think so. That covers the important (laughs) ones anyways. I I guess I'm I'm a dog dad too. Okay.
0: That's important. You own the bike shop, and you told me before this that you bought it when you were 23. So, that to me just seems like you must have graduated college and took this leap. How did you have the knowledge or the guts to? jump into that. You want to talk about that story?
1: I'd love to. So I don't know if the uh, the knowledge or guts really comes into it. could just kind of being naive about everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was in and out of college. Started late, um, took a couple semesters off in between kind of three years into it. I just kind of hadn't chosen a degree or anything yet. And so mm-hmm. I realized I was kind of spinning my wheels. So I decided, you know what, I'm just probably going to be done with college. And so I came back to town here. And in the summers, I had just worked part-time at the bike shop. And so came back here and was able to just kind of start full-time and everything, just working as a mechanic and a salesman in the shop here. After about a year of that, I ended up managing the shop then for a year or so. And then after that, I purchased the shop from the current owner. Okay. And so, yeah, started that at 23 And that was just through talking it over with my parents and everything like that at the time and deciding that, you know, if this is what I want to do, this is what I'm going to do. So just kind of dove right in with both feet and steep learning curve and made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of lessons along the way. Uh, It was a good start.
0: So you said you were in college. Did you ever pick uh, like a path or a major or anything like that? Or did you? No. No. That was
1: the big reason I didn't keep going is because I never nailed down what I wanted to do entrepreneurship, business ownership, anything along those lines was not even close to being on my
0: radar. Okay,
1: I was more in the creative artistic side of things, if anything. And that just kind of never panned out. So
0: yeah, I think that's an interesting point to make, because I think as a society, we have it set up still that we need to go to college and we need to pick something (laughs) and we need to stick with it. And I know I feel that as Uh, I went to college to be a teacher and I knew that was it. That was the only thing I wanted to be. But then as I got into teaching and I was 10 plus years in, I started to think, uh, I don't know, but it was really hard to just turn away and, and (laughs) kick those norms that society has put on us that we have to stick with those kinds of things. So I love that part of your story already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. There is a lot of pressure just society wise of, you know, getting that degree and getting the job. When in reality, it seems like, you know, most of the people that I'm aware of that have, you know, long-term careers and everything like that, they're rarely utilizing their degree, but it is, you know, one of those things that's certainly worthwhile and advantageous for depending which field you're going into.
0: Right. You really just followed your own gut, followed your intuition. I don't know what we want to call it. And you (laughs) went back and you were working there. So that's interesting. I think summer jobs, I wonder how many times they turn into your life career.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think within <laughs> the bicycle industry, anyways, it happens more frequently okay. than not. It seems like uh, bicycle retailers are kind of a ragtag bunch of yeah. shop rats, so to speak, that just never found anything. I, w- I don't want to say better. They just really are able to be passionate about it yeah. and keep enjoying what they're doing.
0: Yeah, as an entrepreneur, then are there any other like ventures or ideas? Are you kind of I know uh, we have a mutual friend, Andrea Hanson. She's been on the show and I keep calling her a serial entrepreneur because she has (laughs) so many ideas and so many businesses. Do you fit that mold or are you more of like a one?
1: I do. I can't say I've been as adventurous as Andrea (laughs) in actually jumping into those multiple ones, but it's one of those things where I always kind of seem like I have something on the back burner or planned anyways, and I've got a whole list of different ideas and um you know, entrepreneurial avenues to kind of continue to look into all the time. So okay. within process.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, is there a process that you use to decide, you know, which ideas to jump into, or is there any thought process that goes into that?
1: Uh, sadly, a lot of it's just kind of gut feeling. Yeah. Um, and then kind of once the gut feeling kind of takes shape, then you can really dive into the financials of things. That's kind of the big key indicator is, you know, the viability of things and being able to kind of suss that out to see if it's something that's both worthwhile and worth the investment
0: in. Along with that, what advice do you have for someone that is maybe a new or aspiring entrepreneur?
1: Oh, goodness. So many things. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I guess I would say the biggest thing is really being able to map out at least as best you can for unknown markets of the financial viability of everything, and you know, do things cash flow? At what point are things tight? What point are things good? You know, where do you need to really batten down the hatches and either save or focus on the future? For us, it's in the bike industry. We're so seasonal okay. that we really have to focus and plan six nine months in advance as far as both of our purchasing um, and expenses. So. For us, we're constantly looking down the road, but when you're looking at a startup venture, it's, you know, kind of throwing darts at a board, but kind of taking your best guess uh, towards the way things are going to progress and estimating growth and everything like that is important too, because if you grow too fast, it's just as much of a problem as growing too slow. So being able to really map that out because your financial viability is kind of the biggest Concern over long term
0: success. Right, you mentioned your parents early on as kind of a sounding board. Were there any any other people or friends that you utilized to help learn this information and help make these decisions?
1: At the time of twenty three, I didn't have a lot of other friends that were entrepreneurs or anything. There were just a couple of customers that I had in town here that were entrepreneurs, and they kind of you know gave me some small nuggets of advice along the way. But there wasn't necessarily someone that I really leaned out to or relied on for getting this started it was really kind of just hey let's make a bad decision and see where it goes (laughs) there wasn't a whole lot of discussion you know other than between my wife and I and even then it was kind of one of those things where I was just so gung-ho and passionate about it she could probably kind of see that there wasn't really anything to stop me or slow me down okay for, for better or worse right and then the gentleman who was the manager at the shop before I took over there became a really good friend of mine. So I was able to talk everything over as far as the industry goes with him. And so he was a big help for everything along the way there.
0: Okay. If you're willing to talk about this piece, I know you own the bike shop and then there was a little, you said three year hiatus where you need to make some shifts for your family. How did you get back into it? How did you know that it was time to shift back into going back to it?
1: Right before my second daughter was born, um, my wife and I decided that I needed to be home more than owning a small business allowed. And so I was so focused in the business about growing it and making sure, you know, customer satisfaction was met. We were open all the hours that seemed convenient for people. We just decided I needed to close that business, take a step back, get a real nine to five job. I say real, but, you know, quotations, Um, just get a regular nine to five job. And so I was fortunate enough to get an a office job at a commodities trading company based out of Minnetonka at the time. And so I was able to commute maybe three days a week and work from town here the other two, which was extremely helpful and convenient. And it was exactly what my family and I needed during that time. Mm-hmm. And so it really just gave me the ability to Focus on my family as well as to really get a lot of key business lessons learned that I sure. didn't necessarily have access to as an entrepreneur. And then going into basically financial markets, it was able to kind of give me a whole new set of skills and everything like that that then transferred really well back into retail. In early 2016, downtown Main Street created a retail challenge. With themselves, the Port Authority, several of the foundations in town, different businesses, banks, to provide this business startup package. And so after I heard about that, I applied. I don't recall exactly how many applicants there were, but there were kind of a final four or five, I want to say. And so we were fortunate enough where we were the recipients of that funding. Oh, cool. That just made everything really easy. It gave us access. There were a lot of vacant storefronts at that time. And so we kind of got to pick and choose exactly which storefront we wanted. We were able to get some startup funding to help with purchasing equipments and fixtures and things like that. Just a lot of the little stuff that you don't necessarily think about or account for when you're starting a business. And it provided a lot of resources as well for advice, mentoring, things like that for startups, which is wonderful. Being I had already done a business, I didn't necessarily need to utilize a lot of those resources, but it was still really nice, again, to have that kind of sounding board to bounce ideas off just to confirm some things Mm -hmm. or to kind of reformulate things as needed. And so that made everything a lot more feasible and realistic. That was a great way to kind of get things restarted.
0: Yeah. And do you have any tips? I'm asking this for my, maybe my own sake, because my (laughs) husband and I are a little different in how we view entrepreneurship and things like that. Do you have any tips for someone who has a spouse that maybe is, maybe doesn't think like they do, maybe doesn't want to take these risks, but how (laughs) to kind of talk about those things? Between
1: my wife and I, my wife really likes to stay hands off to things. She doesn't like all the numbers and figures. It's oftentimes I'm a big dreamer type person. And so for her, it's overwhelming.
0: Sure.
1: There's a lot of separation as far as the planning and everything like that goes. But at the same time, you know, I'm constantly informing her about different business things as whether it's within the current business or other ideas that are stemming, And I'm able to then, you know, get support for that. Um, and everything like that and she has been absolutely wonderful in this whole journey of everything both in life and in entrepreneurship so good it's really just kind of for at least for us it comes down to the communication of everything Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm hitting all the points that I know she's going to have anxiety or be nervous about sure um, and really being able to reassure on certain aspects and also be able to take the feedback when I'm challenged on certain ideas Mm -hmm. that I have. That's the big thing is just kind of that open communication piece and being able to suss things out together. Right. Because yes, having a spouse who's, you know, not into that entrepreneurial (laughs) mindset is, you know, certainly challenging, but it's definitely doable.
0: Right. And I like how it sounds like you guys didn't force each other to be as excited about each other's paths or like into the business and i think that that's okay i guess i'm curious too to ask uh what advice you might have for someone in in the beginning those take action time what are those steps what are what is your advice for that piece of when it is time to take action
1: when you decide that it's time to take action just really commit to it go you know all in as much as you can and just really Make sure that you're focusing on the right things. I think that's one of the key aspects is because there are so many different hats and different facets that you have to focus on, being able to really focus in on the things that are really important. And so for us in entrepreneurship, the biggest thing that we actually focus on is hospitality because the products, the product knowledge is one of those things that can kind of be learned or taught by anybody. But being able to really focus on delivering hospitality to our customers, that's what's going to create the best engagement Mm -hmm. for us. And so we kind of follow one of those quotes from uh, Danny Meyer. He's a restaurateur and business coach type thing. But his quote is, you know, how you make someone feel is what they'll remember more than anything. And so to us, that's just hugely important, both for retail and I think through a lot of things in life and a lot of different Mm -hmm. business ventures. But yeah, just having a plan, having checklists, I'm a huge fan of checklists and spreadsheets, whether it's daily tasks, monthly lists, annual lists, you know, having different alarms for different deadlines a timeline, and just having a really solid plan, being able to execute the plan, but then also having the flexibility to adjust everything Mm. because things are constantly changing. And so I guess those would be the kind of the big things of, you know, really jumping feet first into everything.
0: And you mentioned that you have constantly a list of new ideas. Is there anything in the near future that you have going on, if you can share or not?
1: (laughs) Uh, um, Yes, most likely anyways, but I guess it's probably a little too early to try and share
0: that. Totally understand that. Now, speaking of sharing, do you keep some of these ideas? Because I also kind of have a list and I've learned maybe the hard way that Not everyone is going to meet you with the right type of excitement or questioning or productive maybe criticism. There's some people that you kind of need to save those big ideas and new ideas for. Have you noticed that?
1: Absolutely. Um, And so it really kind of comes down to, you know, sharing these ideas with people that are like-minded. Yeah. You know, sharing them with somebody who either doesn't have that entrepreneurial mindset or is more of a pessimist type person really kind of sucks the life out of things. And so, you know, being really careful about who you share different ideas with and everything like that to make sure, you know, for one, that it's a good idea, but two, that you're still getting that, positive energy that you need for something like that Mm -hmm. because it is daunting to start something entrepreneurial. And so it takes a lot of support to get things rolling. Well, at the same time, you know, it's always good to have that other opinion
0: too, but kind of once things are a little more, a little more figured out. Right. I think there's a time and place for that feedback and that those questions, but in that those early stages where it is like a new baby, (laughs) it's just not, it's not the time. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Well, so let's wrap up with this question that I like to ask everyone. What is your overall message? It doesn't have to be about anything we talked about today yet, but if you could pick one thing, if the listeners forget everything else we've said today, what's one thing that you really wish and hope that they'll, they'll take with them today?
1: I would just say to follow what you're passionate about as much Mm -hmm. as you can really focus on Mm -hmm. the things that you enjoy and the things that are going to provide fulfillment in your life. And make sure that those align with the core values in the rest of your life. And then make sure that everything can kind of support itself and one another and follow that as much as you can.
0: That's a perfect way to end. Thank you so much for that message oh, and, and for being here. Thank um, you so
1: much for having me.
0: Yes. So Andrew, tell us where we can find you if we want to look up the bike shop or follow along with anything like that. And you have a special promotion going on that I want to know about
1: oh yes absolutely so we are located in downtown Red Wing. we're at 405 west third street we were able to just relocate this past february from our starting location on main street and so andrea just moved into yes. our former location and so we are just over on third street now um and it provides us with just a wider footprint rather than a longer footprint like yeah. we were in before. Right. Um, so it enables us to move those big bulky bikes around a lot easier. And then we're currently running an e-bike promotion. And an e-bike is a bikes that provide motor and battery assistance to you as you pedal. And so they just are an enabler for getting people out that haven't been out for a while or riding with a faster friend or just going further longer. And so they have been a huge aspect of the bike business that has grown year over year. And we're expecting to see that continue. But right now we're running a promotion for if you take a test ride, you get a scratch-off ticket. You can win anything from a water bottle to $500 off an e-bike purchase to a couple free e-bikes throughout the country. So it's a nationwide promotion through Trek retailers, and we're able to participate in that. Oh,
0: that's awesome. So do you have a website too?
1: We do. uh, It's redwingbikes.com. And then we also have Facebook and Instagram pages.
0: Okay, perfect. I will link those in the show notes for the listeners. And again, thanks so much for being here, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me, Candace. All right. And to the listeners, you have a better brave day. Hey, thanks for being here. I love being able to highlight entrepreneurial journeys because no two are the same. To grab my free sales page planner or to book a discovery call with me, head to the show notes. Finally, please leave a quick review so I can continue this work. See you next week.